I will be adding my own tweets. Just give me a second. We'll start soon. Um, as always, this is a recorded space. Uh, so you do decide to want to come up and uh, speak and talk about like New Japan. Um, just make sure you don't say anything that's like inappropriate or like incriminating. You know, those are the only things that I ask for is not to have any of those in my space. Um, and we keep it lighthearted and one person's opinion is one person's opinion. Um, what up, Kinsey? Hey, hey, hey. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you for asking. Awesome, man. Awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah, we're going to get started in a moment. I'm just and Super trying Junior to put starts up. tonight, right? It actually already happened. It happened at like... Okay, so I woke up like at 6 in the morning. So uh, 4 in the morning U.S. time. Or 5. Or five right, in the morning. that was US the first time. round, right? Yes. Okay, okay I, then I'll watch Block A in a little bit then. Because I got the New Japan world, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically what they did was uh, they did matches from both Block A and Block B. Mm-hmm. And then that's... Yeah. Um, this time around for Best of the Super Juniors, um, it has it's going to be 12 freaking days um, from, you know, today, March... Uh, not March, oh my God. May 12th to uh, May 28th-ish. Um, within a whole month to decide who's going to be best of the Super Juniors. Um, so there's no other matches. There's no other... Uh, everyone is, like, taking a little mini break. Okay. Yeah. I know Mike so, Bailey's in it. I'm excited for that. Yeah, he's in it. Um, I, I want I want to ask you before, like, we continue. Um, uh, it's because, like, I know you didn't see... The um, you know, the the whole event. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Oh no, go. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, I'm okay. gonna watch it anyways. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. I just want to make sure, uh, you know, uh, at no, least that was totally clear. fine. Okay, I love spoilers. All right, no problem, man. I I could rock with that too, cause uh, you know, I if someone tells me a spoiler, spoiler, that's fine. If I could see how it happened, I could be like, okay, cool, awesome, great. You know, I'm I'm with I'm with that. Um. All right, cool. Uh, I mean, if you guys can, to either, like, retweet the room or tell people that I am doing the Twitter space. I don't really do this at all, which I miss doing Twitter spaces. Um, I would usually live stream, but I'm like, I don't feel like setting everything up uh, to do that. So I'd rather talk with you guys because I, I miss I miss talking with, with uh, you know, the wrestling community, Definitely. the people in here. Um all right, I guess as like as I continue or whatever, uh, we'll we'll go through it. Um, so this is a live recorded space of the Square Circle Podcast by your host Marie Shadows, and we're going to be going over the opening day of Best of the Super Juniors for New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was held at Currican Hall, and by the way, I'm going to be like super biased, but uh, Currican Hall has the best fans when it comes to like New Japan Pro Wrestling. I just love the atmosphere of Kirk and Hall and like all the energy they bring. And it was really sold out. It was really packed. Um, and, you know, now that restrictions are lifted in Japan, 
uh, wrestlers can now fight within the crowd. Wrestlers can now like do the normal shit that they were doing pre-COVID. Um, so you know the the one amazing thing is that our main event for night one, which we're gonna start backwards because I think this is the most important one to highlight, is Mike Bailey versus Hiromu Takahashi in the main event at Kirkin Hall, and that match was like really good. Uh, Spoiler alert for people out there. Mike Bailey did win his match against Hiromu. So that means that Mike Bailey has two points in Best of the Super Juniors. If you guys don't know yet, uh, Best of the Super Juniors is tallied by point system. So that means that if you get a pin or a submission, it is two points. If you get a countout, uh, that's one point. Um, and then if you decide to use a chair and the referee sees it and the referee calls for a DQ or a no contest, you will not get any points for that match. How do you uh, lose points? You really don't. I mean... The only way that you can lose points is if the referee at his discretion will be like, all right, we're going to take that point away. But you would have to do something evil and dashedly bad to get a point taken away. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, you would have to do something really despicable where it goes against uh, that tradition of you have to somehow have like honor still while you're having a wrestling match. You know what I mean? Like you know, for example, right? I know we're gonna. I'm not gonna be jumping around, but um, at the end of Block B match with Clark Connors versus Kevin Knight, Clark Connors decided to take the chair and hit Kevin Knight over the back, and this is after the match. No points were deducted from from him. But I mean, if you do something, I guess greater. They may or may not, you know. Yeah, I mean, they got a tag version too, right? Yeah, they have uh, best of the super juniors for the tag team uh, division, which and is they haven't done the tag team yet. Uh they, I want to say they did because uh, that was not the one yet. Chris Bay and Ace Austin was in, right? No, uh, Chris Bay and, and Ace Austin was in Best of the Super Juniors for last year. Yeah, and they almost won. Yeah, man, that was great, man. That I was went... great. They almost won, and I, and I said, you know, I said, if New Japan pushed those two guys like that, those guys, you know what I mean? They're oh, man, be... yeah. Yeah, they're on their Ooh. way, man. Like, you know, I have nothing against the wrestlers that are in Block A and Block B for this year. And there might have been, like, you know, some backstage stuff, some, like, you know, um, visa stuff or whatever the case may be, right? But I was like, man, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, like, they are two of the best athletes to, like, watch. Especially now that, you know, they're both of them are in Bullet Club. Uh, but Bullet Club's a whole nother, like subject that's going to get like complicated so we'll save that for a little bit later but um you know i really wish that they were in the best of the super juniors 30 because both of them are so fucking great man so great um but you know i don't i don't get to pick the cards if i if i got to pick the cards i'll be like yo they have to like you know uh come on this tour right <laughs> like i i would I would seriously just advocate for the both of them to be like, hey, we need them on this tour. We need some fresh faces. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw the press conference 
I don't know why I'm getting your feedback. Um, I don't know if you saw the press conference. The uh, press but conference? Yeah, for Best of the Super Juniors. There's always a press conference before Best of the Super Juniors. I haven't Juniors. caught anything yet, but uh, I, like I said, I plan to catch it in a, in a good minute. Yeah, so I was I was gonna bring up this thing is that um uh during the press conference uh TJP was like oh where where's uh Alex Zane <laughs> and I was like that is true where where is this guy like he should be in the best of the super juniors as well like he was last time and when he was in uh last year's best of the super juniors all the all the Japanese wrestlers were like you're not a super junior why are you in here <laughs> like it was the most like fun thing to watch. Yeah. Really fun. Because Alex Zane, I mean, he's a big dude. He is. But I don't, but so, because when I see him in the Super Juniors, I'm like, no way. Because Super Juniors is what, 205? Give or take. Like, if, like, if you really want to think about it in those terms, yeah. Like, 205. 205 yeah. 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 He looked about at least 125 at the least. Yeah, man, he had that muscle too, and uh, like like I said, uh, the the Japanese wrestlers when he was facing them, they were all like, "You don't hit like a junior heavyweight; you hit like a heavyweight." They they were all so confused. I loved it; it, it was great. Um, but yeah, uh, talking back to you know opening night of Best of the Super Juniors, uh, if anyone has not yet checked it out, but um, Mike Bailey versus Hiromu was a really really Good match. Uh, the crowd actually missed uh, Mike Bailey. If you guys don't know, uh, before he got like his visa straightened out back in the day, uh, he was actually in Japan for at least like I forgot how many years it is, but he was there for a good amount of years before he was able to like re-enter. Um, I'm probably gonna get this wrong, and someone's probably gonna correct me, but re-enter either the United States or Canada, one of those two. It's been kind of fuzzy, and I probably should have. Uh, brushed up on my research and my history, but I do know that the crowd has definitely missed Mike Bailey to be um, wrestling for them. So, you know, the crowd was, uh, you know, uh, chanting his name and stuff, and Hiromu let that happen. Um, it was a battle of, like, kicks. Um, Hiromu did not know what to expect. This wasn't like Hiromu versus uh, Minoru Suzuki uh, during that G1 match that they had. Um, there was a lot of, um, you know, Hiromu doing Hiromu stuff. Basically, Hiromu being the t- ticking time bomb that he is, because uh, he's also very crafty and very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not ambitious. We all know he's ambitious, but, you know, uh, he's very persistent uh, and he has a lot of endurance. Um, Mike Bailey catches him with, uh, you know, the double knees all the time, which, by the way, I don't know how Mike Bailey does not have, like, two fake knees at this point. Like, I don't know what he does. He probably has, like, some thing with his knees, like, some some spell over his knees where, like, you know, he doesn't have to go to the hospital for shit. Like, I just don't understand. I really don't. His double, his double knees attack, man. Um, and then this was the match that I was telling you that, uh, they were fighting into the crowd because Hiromu was like, yeah, let's, you know, let, let's go crazy. Uh, and Hiromu ends up doing a suplex to Mike Bailey and then a, shot, a shotgun drop kick um, while the fans are all watching. And, you know, it was always great to see uh, fans and stuff. Um, but in the end, um, you know, Mike Bailey won with uh, the Ultima weapon, which is uh, a double knee move from the top rope. 
um, and down onto Hiromu's back. Not uh, not even his stomach, but his back. Um, and got the one, two, three, which surprised me. So, like I said, Mike Bailey advances for like two points, not for like oh. two, two points. Yeah, and I'm a big Mike Bailey fan. Like I was a Mike Bailey fan when like he was. I know he still doesn't, but like his early PWG days, like. Oh my gosh, I've been a fan of him for a while, but I heard before he had visa problems because then he that's why he was gone for so long, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, visa yeah. problems, I believe. I don't want to, I don't want to put out bad information, but I believe it was a visa yeah, issue. Um, exactly. That, that, that's why I was like, I know someone's gonna correct me and I should have did a little more research, but I, I remember yeah. it was something like visa stuff, um, and that's why I had to like lean into the the crowd like missing him. And by the way, I'll oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say because don't know if it's true, but I heard two stories. I heard before the visa thing, the WWE who is supposed to be at the performance center, like they're very interested. Uh huh. I heard that. And I also heard because Impact, Scott Diamora said it, that they were going to sign him at a point in time. So, I mean, he had offers out there. And you know, unfortunately, if that was the case, you know, yeah, yeah, happened. it happens. You know, it it happens. Um, I as far as I know, when I talk to uh, wrestlers or I hear stories about them having trouble with like visas and like the process and stuff, you know, uh, it's always frustrating. But at least, like, you know, it gets done. Um, but you know, now that he's here in like New Japan to show off. Um, and I was going to say that he does end up talking in Japanese, uh, which is like pretty cool to hear. Oh, um, Mike Bailey does. Yeah. Uh, he, he ended, uh, cause, cause when you're, when you're at the main event and you win, you give a post-match speech to the crowd and then you do one backstage again. So he was talking in Japanese. The whole time. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. I like that. Yeah, he he knows, and that's respect, you know. It is, it is, it it, it is because uh, Japanese is you know hard to learn depending on like you know uh, how long like how you end up uh, studying it and stuff. You know, it's obviously it's conversational that he knows. So he talked in English, in French, and also in Japanese. So, yeah, that that's that's what he was doing. That's awesome. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. So after that, we'll just work our way back. Um, our semi-main event was Block B. Uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru versus uh, El Desperado. Uh, these guys are no longer bonded by, um, you know, Suzuki-gun. Because Suzuki-gun has been broken up. So they're on their different paths. They're on their different ways. Um, and yeah, I remember he gave that speech. He ended Suzuki-gun. Yeah, you know, Yoshinobu is with just five guys, and don't get me started with that fucking name. Um, you know, I have a lot of questions for Tana. No, I'm sorry, wrong person. Uh, for Taka. Guys, don't, don't, don't get on me for just mispronouncing, like, one letter. Uh, I have a lot of questions for Taka, for, Taka, for naming the group just five guys. Um, and then, you know, El Desperado is still with... Uh, Suzuki, and they also have Ren Narita with them. Um, unfortunately, like this is side news. Uh, they are no longer 
the six-man uh, tag team champions, meaning Suzuki, Dusty, and uh, Ren Narita, those, those six-man uh, title belts went over to um, the dream team of Okada, Tanahashi, and uh, Ishii, which is crazy to even think about. Wow. Yeah. So that happened. <laughs> I guess you got to nah, know my guy joint Bullet Club. Um, how did I forget his name? Um, Are you Clark about Connors. Him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get to him. He's he's my favorite. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. Yeah. <laughs> um, if if Clark ever listens to this, you know, he's he's my buddy. He's my dude. Yeah. Um, so with Yoshinobu versus Despy. This match is for every wrestler out there that does mostly flips. And I'm sorry to single you guys out. And this is a recorded thing and you're going to hear it. But that match, please study that match. That match is a masterclass of what it means to work on a body part. You know that, that old phrase of, uh, of a work a hold kid? Like this match was the epitome of work a hold kid. Like, seriously, I love professional wrestling. I love different styles. If you can be a hybrid of different styles, you're going to go far because you have the ability to not only uh, prolong your wrestling career, because you're not going to get as many, like, injuries, uh, injuries can happen, but, you know, it'll be less of them. But Yoshinobu and El Desperado basically taught a very important lesson of working a body part will eventually get you will get your opponent to tap out. So Yoshinobu was constantly working on El Desperado's knees and legs and constantly doing, um, you know, the figure four leg lock. And then when they were on the outside, Yoshinobu will utilize the floor. And as you guys know, New Japan does not really invest in uh, really thicker mats um, or the guardrail. So, uh, you know, he would just literally, like, take desperado's knee and like slamming into the ground use the outside advantage outside for, to his advantage but that doesn't mean that el desperado didn't get any offense in el desperado did get offense in and um you know they were both evenly matched they fought each other so many times that el desperado knew what he was signing up for yoshinobu was like i don't give a shit i'm gonna fight i'm gonna fight you and i'm gonna go on to the next round but in the end when you work a hold when you basically um you know do wrestling moves on a body part you will get that victory and this is what happened yoshinobu ended up getting the two-point victory by having El Desperado tap out to the figure four leg lock because over time, uh, Yoshinobu worked that knee, worked that leg. And I'm just saying that, you know, as of general advice for all the up-and-coming wrestlers, it's like, guys, it's not for you guys to completely take away your high-flying ability. You guys are, like, athletes and awesome, and you do great, amazing things. I just care about your longevity in this business because if you really believe in this business and want to go 100% and even maybe 110%, you know, think a little bit better about your arsenal. Think a little bit better about your character and how you can prolong your career so that way people like me or other podcasters can talk about you guys in like a very positive light and be like, oh, see how far they come? Oh, they started out like this, like a high flyer with like no, psycholo no psychology behind it. But in three months' time... They're like a completely different character and they learn how to change with the times. 
So I don't want anybody to come after me to be like, oh, I'm trying to change people. No, make sure that your work, your body of work is a hybrid. So that way you can have that Hall of Fame career and not just be like, oh, you're a high flyer. Okay, cool. You know, because then the worst can happen when you're just one thing and you can't adapt or uh, maneuver into something new. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be, you know, you're going to might, you might be afraid, but don't worry. The unknown makes you a better person. I, I, I get a little, I get a little passionate. No, that's good. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, when I hear other wrestlers talk about uh, when they get on other podcasters, like I can understand why they get on other podcasters, but like my whole thing with the square circle podcast is to offer a different perspective onto like why, you know, I, love this business and why I want wrestlers to have a prolonged career so I could talk about it and be like, yo, you better jump on the bandwagon now, um, you know, or else like, you know, I, I just want to make sure people out there know. Yeah, you're on my yeah. podcast right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're a great podcaster. I mean, you great talker. I mean, you're better than most. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, I, I tend to look for, like, how can I help elevate, um, you know, either the young wrestlers coming in or the wrestlers who's been doing this for a while because sometimes you get trapped in that tunnel vision of, like, you've been doing it for so long that sometimes, you know, people become stale in this business. And then they're like, oh, what can I do to improve? And then everyone else, it will give them the same response of, like, oh, you're good, man. Don't worry about it. You're good. But then, you know, someone like me or you or my buddy CJ here, um, you know, might tell them something and it will just turn on a switch and they'll be like, oh, shit, I didn't see it from that perspective. I didn't see it from the other side because they've been on that tunnel vision for so long. So if I can really tell people that they need to study Yoshinobu versus El Desperado to learn how to at least prolong their career and not get so many injuries, I think I did a good job. No, you did. You That's did. Um, I'm not a good talker. Oh. <laughs> I'm a horrible <laughs> talker. I'm a horrible talker, so that's why podcasting doesn't really work for me. I'm one of those. I have social anxiety, so I'm like one of those people where if you start a conversation with me, I could follow, but I couldn't yeah. start a conversation with you. Oh, okay, okay, I got I'm it. One I of those it. people, yeah. So, <laughs> dude, dude I'll, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you something right now. Like at least thirty minutes before deciding to do this this Twitter space, all my nerves came up and it was like, "Why are you gonna do a Twitter space? You don't need to do a Twitter space. Who's gonna come in here?" Blah blah blah. Like all this shit happened, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do a Twitter space." Um, and uh, CJ, I sent you a invite to speak if you want to. It's been so long since like. We've actually spoken, man. Uh, I don't know if you're on your phone or on the laptop, but if you're on the laptop, you won't be able to become a speaker. But you always have that uh, option there, man, because uh, we haven't spoken in freaking years. It feels like years. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't worry about this. I tell people all the time, there are spaces that has three people in it. There are spaces with only two people in it. If you start a space and nobody comes in it, and you just keep starting it, and leave it open for a little bit, sooner or later, people will start coming in, because people will start seeing it. It just takes patience and time. Oh, yeah, that is 100% true. Uh, definitely, I'm going to have to agree. 
on all fronts. Uh, it's the same way of how uh, we all grew Gabe, uh, uh, Gabe spaces and stuff. Same way. Yeah, I mean, going in, I gained a lot of followers going in Gabe space, and I learned a lot going in Gabe space. I really like Gabe spaces, and I know they're not every day, but I wish. And before Gabe did that, I would said, you know, if wrestling promotions and people in a business where every once in a while start a space to connect with fans. I think if the WWE account one day started a space. Yeah. Connect with their fans. Or AEW or Impact Wrestling to start a space to talk with their fans. Or you don't even got to bring people in, you know? Just, you know what I mean? Keep yeah. people in tune. I think that would really help out a lot. I think it's great what Gabe does once again. Yeah, um, and, and we've also had that talk too. I remember us having that talk and me agreeing with you that uh, you yes. know, the emotions I remember uh, that. Yeah, should definitely take advantage of using uh, Twitter spaces and stuff just to promote their shows, just to talk about the recent like trendy news topics. Um, yes. And stuff like <laughs> um, but I'll... let's get... Oh, go ahead, dude. No, I was the last thing I was gonna say, you know, that's one thing I want to get back into doing is spaces because I remember when I used to do spaces, I would connect with fans and wrestlers would sometimes come in, like we had Carrie Silken come in one time. And I yeah, just want to yeah. go back to doing that, you know, just to bring people together to talk about wrestling. Yeah, man. Um, I definitely agree with that. So after block B. Um, we go to a block A match, which is uh, TJP, uh, one half of Cash 22 of the United Empire versus Teton. By the way, I don't know why uh, we call it, we call him Teton. It's spelled Titan, but because he's Mexican and he's representing CMLL and also, rep and also representing LIJ, uh, we say uh, Teton. Just please put the accent over uh, the A. It'll be Teton. Um, this was a very uh, interesting uh, Lucha-style match with the uh, chain wrestling, the high-speed action. Um, both TJP and Teton, like, know each other very well. Uh, so it was a really feel-good match of, like, you know, who can get the one-up on uh, the other person. Um, TJP does his awesome... Um, Mamba Splash, but this time around, uh, Teton was on the top rope, so you know, he ended up doing it from like the top rope going on to uh, Teton and then like falling out to the outside. Um, there was the springboard DDT to uh, Teton by um, PJP. Um, however, I will say that this match is kind of surprising when you get towards the end because, man, I was not expecting what happened because in the previous match when I was explaining to you guys about, like, you know, work a hold kid, this match did not really have work a hold kid, but um, Teton managed to put in a really deep, like, Muda lock, like, that's the mission, like, on his, um, not on his own, but in his own, like, style because it was a little bit deeper than like what is like what it's supposed to be because uh TJP does the same thing. So as uh Love Teton TJP. Is, yeah he's really good. Um so as like Teton is like extending uh you know TJP to like bend a little bit more backwards TJP immediately tapped out and I was like what? 
Like it was one of those things like, you know, TJP uh, decided to uh, live to fight another day to give up the, the to give up the two points. Um, the match was definitely like a back and forth, like who can one up who and Teton managed to do that. So Teton managed to get his first his first two points for the opening night of Best of the Super Juniors uh, 30, um, which was like, whoa. Um, going to block B, uh, we had Robbie Eagles versus, uh, yo, uh, Robbie Eagles is, I guess the newest member, not, not really, I guess he's part of, uh, team, uh, TMDK. He joined, he joined up with them. Uh, so now he represents them. Uh, yo still represents chaos. Um, Yo's a little bit different. And I think that's because he's been teaming with, uh, Leo Rush for a while. So, Yo is now starting to get like a character and also a um like an aggressiveness about him, which I'm like, this is interesting because a couple months ago he wasn't really like that. But you know, he's been teaming with uh Leo Rush. Um, this was a very good match, a solid match, chain wrestling into like fast pace. Um, Robbie Eagles was definitely working um, you know, Yo's legs in order to get the victory because, as you guys know, uh, Robbie Eagle's uh, finisher is uh, the Ron Miller special. And by the way, if you guys have not heard my interview with uh, Robbie Eagle's, it is currently on Spotify. There is a playlist called a Chit Chat series uh, that has all of my interviews with all of my wrestlers. Well, not oh, my wow. wrestlers. Yeah. I wish um, I would have saved... Um, man, I, I told you my Thunder Rosa story, but yeah, I wish I would have saved what I did then. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was before Thunder Rose was who she is today. Because I still look back at that and I'm like, man, I really got through that interview. <laughs> man, we all start somewhere. But yeah, um, if you guys have not heard my interview with Robbie Eagles, uh, you can either search Square Circle Podcast on Spotify or search up the playlist that says a chit chat series or a chit chat interview series. And again, all of my interviews are there. Um, but yeah, Robbie Eagles has a finisher called the Ron Miller special. And by the way, um, I had to look up who Ron Miller is. And I do say this uh, during my interview with him. Um, and Ron Miller was um, an Australian wrestler that was really good for his time. And I was like, this is some amazing matches and I'm watching with him and I'm getting super excited over the tiniest of things, man. Like the tiniest of things get me excited in wrestling, especially when it comes to very good fundamental chain wrestling, mat wrestling, technical wrestling. That's just how I roll. So he named his, uh, his submission, his leg submission, the Ron Miller special, um, and, uh, he's been working Yo's knee the whole entire match, especially doing this cool ass thing where Yo is going to like super kick him. But, uh, because Robbie is short and if Robbie Eagles hears this, don't take offense, buddy. Cause I'm short as well. Uh, because like he was short and ducked down, he gave his own super kick to Yo's inner, uh, knee. Uh, so basically his left knee. Um, and then, like, that was, uh, that's when you hear the crowd do, like, this hush, where it was like, oh, shit, that's some, that's some serious thing. Um, Robbie Eagles does do, like, a 450 on Yo's knee just to, like, keep fucking that thing up. Um, 
and then he does a springboard drop kick and ends it with um, a kick to the back of Yo's head for Robbie Eagles to get two points. Yo, Robbie Eagles is not playing this year for Best of the Super Juniors. So, um, you know, he might be on everyone's card to, like, win. Hmm. Yeah. Robbie Eagles. Yeah, man. And Robbie Eagles has been wrestling longer than people think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he has. He also trains, uh, you know, wrestlers too. Yeah. Back in, I like yeah. Robbie Eagles. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Um, he's pretty cool. I got to see him one time and have a chat when he was at an autograph session up here in Minnesota one time, and um, I ran into him. Oh, that's so cool, man! That really, yeah. that that's so cool. Um, you know, he was uh teaching me some like Australian slang and. Uh, I remember, like, if you ever go watch my interview with him, he um, he he basically says the the word uh chinwag, and I was like, "Sir, it's not even like five minutes into the interview. What what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't know these slang words, <laughs> you know." Um, but it, it it was it was fun. It was fun. He he's a good oh. dude. He's a good dude. All right. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a really good dude. You know, um, Ishimori now. Uh-huh. Um, Taiji Ishimori now. I remember when he was the X Division champion, man. When they brought him over from all Japan, I think it was. No, Noah. They brought him over from Noah. Yeah. That's so long ago. Yeah. It's crazy <laughs> how long ago that was. Yeah, man. That's so long ago. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. crazy when you think about that. I I just be seeing. I'm like, man, it's really been that long. And you know that uh, Taiji is forty, right? He's forty. Yeah. Man. Yeah, he's forty. So he would have had to be in his mid early thirties when he was doing that. Something like that. Um, yes. I'm not really I'm not really good in math. That's why I have Me a writing degree. <laughs> right. Me neither. I've always been a better reader and writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same, Good same. Night. But, you know, for people that are going to be listening to this after the fact, um, I do know that 2 plus 2 is 4, so don't try to get on me. <laughs> Trying to make some stupid-ass jokes about, about math. Okay. All right. Um, the next match after that one, uh, you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to enjoy this one when you watch it. Um, and I'll just, I'll just hype it up. Um, so it's Block A, it's show from House of Torture versus Leo Rush. Now, for anybody that has been following New Japan for a long while, right? This is where I said the, the complexity of Bullet Club comes in because, man, if somebody could send this to like David Finley, David, please kick out House of Torture under the Bullet Club banner, because it makes no fucking sense now that they're still there. You know, everyone else gets kicked out, except for House of Torture. How does that make sense? House of Torture, I'm going to tell you guys right now, it's a household name. Despite, like, you guys hating on House of Torture and hating on evil, they're a household name. Even Japan. Yeah, um, you know, I, I have this conversation <laughs> with people all the time. And I okay, always I tell hear people... Us American fans can feel a certain type of way, but at the end of the day, those Japanese fans is a whole different world. Oh, it is. 
which I will expand more on that as you say that because because even in Japan, right? Uh, you know, you'll you'll get the areas where like the crowd will be completely silent whenever like House of Torture comes out, right? So normally in Japan, that's supposed to be a good sign either way, but like you could tell they're fed up with like all the shenanigans, all the all the seating. And then, like, when you come to Kirk and Hall, everyone is super loud and uh, boisterous. So, like, you know, it's a different atmosphere. But I say that it's, um, you know, uh, they're a household name because no matter where they go, they get a reaction and they still do the same things and they still sell out merchandise. And, you know, people still want to see them. People cosplay as uh I show more than anybody else. Like no one else cosplays the other players. But I'm just saying other players. Oh my god, I sound like uh <laughs> I sound like that in a way. Um the other wrestlers. Um, but like I don't understand why we need a group within a group that is house of torture that doesn't contribute to Bullet Club. That's why I would be like, yo, you guys don't need it. Like, if they left Bullet Club tomorrow, they'll be fine. They're not going to crumble. Like, they're, like I said, they're a household name. So, if somebody could send this to David Finley, uh, David, please, kick out House of Torture. Like, convince Gato to kick out House of Torture uh, because they don't need to be in Bullet Club anymore. They're, they're done. Um, no, they, they, yeah, they, they need to be out. A bullet club. I agree with that. I still don't understand. I forget they're still a part because I still don't understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they don't even rep bullet club anymore. It's weird. Okay, it's like, like they don't weird. do up to two sweet. They don't say they don't even rep do anything bullet club no more. It's all house of torture, which is why I say you know house of torture should be their own thing. Yeah, and like I said, they will survive on their own. They don't need bullet club anymore. Um, but you know, I I mean, not to really like push anything but like seriously new japan like bullet club i mean bullet club is becoming something different house of torture has like always been the same and i and i understand why they still do the same antics but at the end of the day it's like they don't need to represent bullet club they don't anyway um that is my whole pleading for to get house of torture out so like i was saying with this match with so versus leo rush now that you know that bullet that not bullet club that House of Torture uh, does very evil things and very um, old school, um, you know, blindside attacks and stuff like that. Um, Leah Rush came prepared in a way. Um, Leah Rush um, definitely proved himself that he could take on like evil and show because, you know, uh, House of Torture members are not too far behind. I'm surprised uh, Dick Togo didn't, like, shut off the lights this time, like he always does. Um, and then, you know, I can make the joke of, like, yo, who didn't pay the light bill for, like, New Japan? But I didn't get to make my joke today until now. But uh, Leo Rush, man, he went from 0 to 100 in this match with show. Um, it was all shenanigans. It was all fun. It was a very feel-good match. And it really propped it up the babyface being Leo Rush because he's part of chaos now. Uh, so, so him being a babyface really helped. And the Kirkin Hall uh, crowd helped this match, um, even though the Kirkin Hall crowd was like, um, you know, they they sort of felt defeated because they were like, oh, it's gonna be the same results. No, it's not. Uh, Leo Rush held his own, um, even with so many distractions and stuff. 
um, you know, uh, Leo managed to pull out the victory against uh, Show, which was kind of fantastic and kind of like, ah, okay, this is going to be quite interesting. Um, let me see what I have here in my notes. Uh, what do I have? What do I have? Uh, okay, so like there was this instant uh, where uh, Show couldn't catch Leo because Leo rushes way too fast and, and dodging him. So Show was like, I'm going to throw the referee in the way. So, you know, there goes the first referee bump of the fucking night. Um, and then we get a, a spear. Um, and then, oh yeah, Show spears Leo Rush, House of Torture goes against Leo, but... Leo uh, does a low blow to Evil, and uh, the Kirk and Hall crowd was like, yay! Because, you know, Evil deserves low blows, apparently, according to the crowd. Um, and um, Leo does use the wrench, but no one saw anything. Then the splash comes, and then Leo ends up getting the victory and getting two points uh, to uh, in Best of the Super Juniors. So it was a very fun match. Very entertaining match because House of Torture does that shit. But other than yeah, that, yeah, House of Torture, I I've just they annoy me sometimes. <laughs> but I love Evil. You know, Evil grew on me. I was no fan of Evil for a while. Yeah, I I like, can even I when he was in Ring of Honor, I was no fan. But years later, Evil grew on me. Yeah, I could agree with that. Um, I do like the fact that. Evil has his own team, which is House of Torture, even though they, like, you know, do all of the evil things and they, uh, you know, distract in a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. But that, that, that goes towards, uh, you know, Dick Togo because, you know, he's a, he's a legend in his business, whether people know it or not. But he was in ECW, like, he wrestled um, in the States for a bit and stuff. So he, he understands that. Uh, what wrestlers did back in the day to get that to get that heel heat, he brings it over to Japan. And because Japan is not as like, you know, um, how can I say this? Because like us American fans, we know too much. Japanese fans keep it all kayfabe. So he's able to do all those distractions, all that heel tactic over in Japan because he knows that, like, the fans are – it's going to be kayfabe and it's going to be fun. There are times where, like, it's fun to watch a House of Torture a house of torture match, which, by the way, don't give me shit for that um, for anyone that's listening. But it's fun sometimes to watch a House of Torture match. But if you get, if you get too much of House of Torture matches, you're like, I'm so done. You know? No, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we're coming up to the last two matches. Um, before we do that, um, I have to plug in some ads because, you know, I got to pay some bills and, um, and stuff like that. And then I'll come back around at the end to re-mention them. But um, if you guys have not yet ordered my wrestling planner, which I made for uh, content creators, wrestlers, Fans, what it is is that um, it is a uh, it's not a workbook. Damn you, brain! That's not what I want to say. Um, it is a wonderful uh, 2023 planner that has a 12 month uh, spread calendar, two different note sections, your own star rating where you could be your own Uncle Dave and you can color in the stars of how many stars you want to give a match. And coloring in stars is good for mental health as well too. I use it all the time. 
Um, and then the last part is uh, at the end of the year when we do the, the year-end awards, you guys can fill in the blank for whatever you want. I have some uh, pre-written uh, um, award uh, templates, and then I have some blank ones for whatever you guys want to put. Um, and then at the end, there are some pages for notes. Uh, you can use it for drawing. You can use it for uh, bullet points. It's all up to you. But if you have not yet grabbed one, go ahead and grab one. I know that we are in the middle of the year, but still go do me that favor. Go to Amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Marie Shadows. Now, with that being said, um, make sure you are signed up to my wrestling newsletter. It's an extension of what you hear right here. If we're not, if we're not talking about certain topics, it might be covered in a wrestling news article. Wrestling news articles are free on my newsletter. Anything else that needs to be behind a paywall will most likely be interviews, vlogs, because those take a lot of time and efforts. So if you want to help expand my brand and also just you know have a feel-good time over at my newsletter marieshadows.substack.com. The other thing, too, is my Discord. Um, it's basically the Discord with a bunch of numbers and letters, and you'll find that on my Twitter timeline, on my Twitter profile for uh, the Discord where we could talk about wrestling. And then if I go live on kick.com forward slash marieshadows where we could talk about more and have more interactive conversations, uh, you could find it there, too. You'll get the notifications um, and... Yeah, that's it for like right now for the ads. But I do want to thank you guys for sitting through and listening to me talk about ads. Um, that was a damn good ad session. <laughs> <laughs> All off the top of my head, too. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, man. It, it happens when you're constantly saying the same things over and over and over again. And you already know what to say. So, like, it just free flows, you know? Um all right, down to the last two matches of the opening night for Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, block B, we have Francesco Akira versus Master Wado. By the way, Master Wado has come a long, long, long way uh, to be the best wrestler that he has been, man. Like, I am so proud of Master Wado's growth in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm so proud of him. I'm proud of Francesco Akira as well. He came in... Uh, during last year's uh, Best of the Super Junior Tag Team Tournament with TJP and uh, no wait no 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 I'm 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 mixing it up. People are gonna be like she doesn't know her shit when I do. Um, <laughs> I remember that he came in during Best of the Super Juniors as well as also in singles. Um, he too has had like a tremendous growth in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and then also had a tremendous growth by joining United Empire. And um, at first, he was, he's still called uh, Nova Fireball, and he's still a freaking fireball. But when he first came in, he was really untamed, unrefined. Now he's refined. And uh, he's actually like super good, super good to watch. Like, I really enjoy uh, his growth as well, the same way as Master Wado. Um, and TJP is also um, part of that reason for uh, Akira to sort of like <coughs> become an all-round uh, really good wrestler and like thinker and everything. Like I just love watching Francesco and TJP. But for this match, this was definitely a fast start match. Both Akira and Masawato know each other a little bit, but they don't have like a really deep uh, history. Um, Akira ends up doing uh, a dive to 
Master Wado onto the outside. Um, there is this like really cool swing double kick that Akira does to Master Wado. That was a really cool thing to see in the match. I was like, oh, no one does that shit. That's awesome. Um, you know, so springboard uppercuts. Um, it was basically about like the feeling of this match, the story of this match was Akira, you know, getting his foot in with um, you know, uh best of super juniors because excuse me, because both Akira and TJP are no longer uh super junior tag team champions. Um Kevin Knight and Kushida are part of that. Um and by the way, I did say these are the last two matches. I lied. I am so sorry. I forgot there's more. Um, I totally forgot there's more. But uh, yeah, so like um, they're no longer tag team champions. So this match was Akira proving to everyone else and, and maybe to himself, I don't know, maybe to himself that he could beat Master Wado. However, uh, that is not the case in this. Even though uh, Akira had Master Wado lined up directly for his... Uh, Finisher, um, Master Wado uh, ended up not getting caught by um, Akira's uh, fireball finisher and ended up doing uh, his own finisher, which I forget the name of it. Um, it is a Spanish name, but I keep forgetting the name of it. And ends up winning because his finisher is basically like a, I don't want to say, it's, it's like a drive in a way, but it turns into a pin. So, like, you know, he gets the best of both worlds by um, bringing you down on, like, your shoulder and neck area and, um, you know, getting the pin. Uh, so, Masawato ends up getting his first two points for best of the Super Juniors. Um, and then going to block A, uh, this is Koshida versus Doki. First of all, Koshida, man, like, WWE did not know what to do with him at all. NXT did not know yeah, what to do at all. And then watching this match with him versus Doki, there was that like cynical, if I can say, like dangerous Kushida in this match where he knew, like, you know, it felt like his reputation was on the line. <laughs> um, it felt like his reputation was on the line when he was facing Doki. And I was like, yo, this is a different Kushida that I'm watching. Um, and you know, they started out with train with chain wrestling, but Kushida was doing mainly like technical mat wrestling using his judo skills against Doki. Doki looked like he, I don't, you know, Doki, Doki's a really good wrestler, he's a really good wrestler. It's just that it felt more like him not knowing how to get out of certain situations when it comes to Kushida using his judo and uh the ground moves and stuff like that you know um i actually did put in my notes super serious mean kushida which is kind of funny to look at and see you said who who theory i i said i i put in my notes super serious mean oh kushida. yeah yeah okay okay <laughs> <laughs> i i, I yeah I, i'm looking at it and i'm like i really put that because i felt like this was this was a meaner a meaner version of Kushida. Um, and I'm not sure if that's because of the titles that him and Kevin Knight hold, which I mentioned it was um, the uh, junior tag team championships. It could be that. Um, yeah, Kushida was working Doki's arm. There was like this nice roll through break that um, 
Doki did in order to break Kushida's hold because Kushida was like, you ain't going nowhere, you know? Um, and there was a lot of attempted pins. So towards the end, it picks up and like the endings are always like my favorite thing to watch. Um, but uh, Doki managed to get the fucking win out of this match after Kushida was like, I'm going to be so super mean and like do all this ground move and try to like maneuver and all this. Doki managed to do like his Skynet pin, like clutch pin uh, thing that he does and gets the one, two, three. Like he really like clutched it in. Uh, so that way Kushida doesn't kick out. And I was like, oh shit, Doki got two points. Uh, he fought for his life. These matches, man, like you don't really know what you get when it comes to uh, the wrestlers and stuff like that. Like you may know, but like when when the bell rings, they're like, I don't know what they discussed. I don't know what they're going to do. And then when you watch it, you're like, wow, he really got he really got away with it. Um, So for block B, we have uh, uh, the newest member to the United Empire, which is uh, Dan Maloney versus Bushi. I felt like this one was a little bit off. And for some reason, whenever they have like somebody new come into like best of the super juniors that never really fought with the guys, there's always something off, but it's not like in a bad way. Um, I don't think like the matchup should have happened with like Bushi. Bushi has a different style of wrestling that like doesn't mesh well with Dan. Because Dan is a like a straight hitter, a straight shooter, um, and this is just me like watching him for the first time. I've never seen a Dan Maloney match, but everyone speaks very high praises of him, especially like Osprey and uh, you know Hinare and like uh, um, you know the other United Empire guys and probably some other people too. But like this matchup, which is a little bit weird, it, it's almost similar to um, having like Alex Zane in the first uh, Super Juniors. Um, and him wrestling, I think Yoshinobu was, like, the one that was awkward for me back then last year. I would have to, like, go back and look, but I, it, was, it was the same concept. Anyway, this match was still good, even though, like, it was kind of weird. Uh, Dan Maloney kept hitting, you know, Bushi with a lot of uh, powerful attacks. Um, there was, like, you know, a lot of pin attempts. Um, and by the way, I think Dan Maloney has, like, the the heaviest shocks at the moment. Like, if we ever did a panel of, like, rating wrestlers with, like, the heaviest of chops, Dan Maloney is going to be in that shit. Because, man, uh, every time he chopped Bushi, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, where are you getting this extra strength from, man? And by the way, Dan had to cut weight in order to make it into uh, Best of the Super Juniors. So, you know, I had to use uh, Google's conversion rate because I don't know what 95 kilograms is, but it turns out to be like 195 pounds, like close to 200 pounds. So he had to cut weight in order to like be in this. Um, you know, Bushi managed to uh, get a hurricanrana on Dan to create some space because uh, Dan was like following him around and being like, you ain't going nowhere either. Um, we had a cradle suplex package that like Dan does. It was like very beautiful. <laughs> it, it 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 was very beautiful how he did it. And I was like, that's a really good move. So that turned into uh well he he did that to Bushi and then did a spear. Apparently the gore got 
uh, transferred down to Dan. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I, I heard, I learned that from commentators. And then, you know, Dan does the Dorilla Killer, which is um, it should be like a reverse power driver. Yeah, should be a reverse power driver. Um, and then pins Bushi and gets one, two, three, and ends up getting uh, two points. Uh, his first two points in his first ever Best of the Super Juniors uh, 30. Um, for Tuesday, um, if you guys don't know, <clears throat> I do uh, Tape Study Tuesday, where it shines a spotlight on indie wrestlers that want to give me their matches, and I give them feedback. Um Live on, you know, uh, Kick or Twitch, um, either one. Um, but I think that for Tape Study Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday, we'll watch some uh, Dan Maloney matches because, man, that was a very impressive first match for, like, somebody that doesn't know anything about this guy. And it was like, he has the look. Um, I'm going to say he has the voice. Okay? I'm just going to keep it, you know... Not so thirsty, but um, he has a look, he has a voice, he looks like the full fucking package, and looks like somebody that you could definitely push a division behind, like a championship behind as well, too. So, you know, he gets my he gets my high praises, uh, for that. Yeah, I mean, I know who you're talking about, too. Uh, oh, you but, do, huh? You do. No, I'm saying I said I don't know who you're talking oh, okay. about, but I said you're, it sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> it oh, sounds right. So, you know, there's a lot of I've seen wrestlers that his bodies look great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, there's no one his bodies look great. Like, uh, like going back in time, Chris Masters making his debut. Yeah. I as a kid, I said, "There's no way they don't know what to do with this guy." Like, dude was unbelievably <laughs> in shape. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, but you know, nowadays in wrestling, it kind of, it kind of does and doesn't matter your shape anymore because they got guys, they got. Fat guys, they got skinny guys. I mean, people are doing everything these days. Yeah. I just want to make sure that, like, if someone doesn't want to get into, like, the wrestler shape, they really don't. But I want them to be healthy, at least. Because, like, you know, in this business, you're trusting somebody with your life and, like, vice versa. So you don't want something to happen where, like, you know, they always say accidents happen. But I'm always on the side of, like, as, as long as you're healthy and you're able to keep each other safe, your size probably doesn't matter. You know? That's all I care about when it comes to, uh, you know, wrestlers is making sure that everybody is safe. Um, you know, people still train with each other um, and people still, like, you know, keep it, keep it professional um, to the best of their ability because shit always happens. I hear you. Um, I think that sometimes in life there should be that <laughs> like that five percent wiggle room for those situations where it's like um, 
misunderstandings or, you know, just one, that category of uh, when shit happens. There should be that 5% wiggle, uh, wiggle room and then the rest could be like straight um, to the point, you know, like there's no getting out of it type of thing, but that's just me. No, 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 it's not just you. It's not just you. It happens. It happens. It happens with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, Don't ever, you know, feel like you're the only one going through something, you know. <clears throat> There's always somebody out there. Yeah, there is. Um, all right. So now I uh, will say we're down to the last two matches. It wasn't like before where I was like, yeah, we were. But yeah, now, now I'm telling you the truth. Um, <laughs> so after the block B match, we go to another block A match, and this is uh Taiji Ishimori versus uh Taguchi. And uh, this is serious Taguchi, which I am super happy that we're getting serious Taguchi. It is not comedy Taguchi. Uh, um, you know, Taguchi is such a veteran that he's been in this way more than every than anybody else. Um, and he's always like a good sport, you know. Um, and Taiji Ishimori, we were talking about him earlier, uh, him being from Noah, him being an impact to get the exhibition championship title, and then like now he's in Bullet Club. Um, he's no longer uh tag teaming with uh El Fantasmo, El Fantasmo is out of Bullet Club. Uh, so Taiji is on his own again, uh, to try to uh. I was going to be like, to try and find the title. No, brain, not to try and find the title. Um, you know, to try and win Best of the Super Juniors, uh, to take that trophy home uh, with him. But I don't know. Um, I don't know if he can do it. Uh, however, I do like the fact that, again, we got serious Taguchi. This match was kind of very interesting because Taguchi was working on Taiji's ankle the whole entire time. Like, he did not, like, give him any space to breathe, anything at all. Like, if Taguchi saw an opening, he went right back to um, Taiji's ankle, which, again, guys, work a body part. Like, you know, work a hole, guys. Um, Taiji did everything in his power to get away from Taguchi, and, like, he was doing super well. Excuse me. He was doing super well. Um, however, towards the end of this, we had, um, you know, uh, Taiji doing his La Mystica and then into the bone lock, which is like a very extended, uh, like cross face, uh, type of submission. Um, and then, uh, Taguchi was trying to get to the ropes to cause a rope break. Uh, but Taiji was like, nah, fuck that, man, and then rolled over to the middle of the ring, and uh, that's when uh, Taguchi um, tapped out, um, and uh, Taiji ends up getting his two points for Best of the Super Juniors. It's a very cool, fun, small match. Uh, nothing too big, but um, for people that are used to seeing uh, comedic Taguchi, this is a breath of fresh air, and it's like, yes, we get... Um, we get serious to Gucci. Now, we come to the opening match, which is uh, Block B, Clark Connors versus Kevin Knight. We briefly mentioned uh, Clark earlier, and for those of you that don't know, or if you do know, that's awesome, but uh, Clark Connors has joined up with Bullet Club, with David Finley's Bullet Club, because David Finley is looking for savages and killers. And, you know, when this happened, I immediately was like, yes, because, you know, 
Clark is a very good wrestler. He is super, super good, man. Like, I love watching his matches. I love, you know, um, just putting a spotlight on Clark. And uh, Clark had that injury that kept him out for a while, um, you know, and I guess the fans forgot about him. And then he turned right over to Bullet Club. Uh, He is no longer known as the Wild Rhino, even though, you know, in my heart, he is the the wild rhino, but right now he is 100% proof Clark Connors, which I'm trying to like work in a freaking tagline for that because obviously it's a reference to alcohol and he does like to drink. I mean, mostly all of us like, you know, to drink. I like to drink on social occasions. Uh, and if you give me wine, I'll be happy. I don't really like to drink liquor as much or uh, beer, but if you give me wine, that'll be okay. Um, but you know, for Clark Connors to be named uh 100 proof, you know, he should have some type of like move that sort of like goes with it being 100 proof. Because, like, technically, if you drink liquor that is 100 proof, one, you could end up seriously probably dying, or you know, you could become combustible, you know. Um, and I don't mean to like really be graphic or gory or any of that but this is what happens when like my storytelling brain pops on like I talk in like reality and like paint a picture of like how can we weave this in you know like it's not gonna be you know reality is the wrong word but it's not really gonna be like true you gotta keep it all kayfabe right so if he's gonna call himself a hundred proof let's keep it kayfabe with like some type of move that he can weave in um, you know, oh, this is made with 100% proof Clark Connors, and that's why people, like, stay down and they don't kick out of the move. Like, it has to be a very powerful move if he's going to get over the 100 proof nickname. I was about to call it a gimmick. It's probably not a gimmick. Um, but to get over that 100 proof, he has to come up with something else. Um, he does this spear that's similar to, like, a football sphere, but it looks like really cool because like it stops it like it just stops in time when you're able to get the picture. Uh what else does he do? Man, I need to like sit down and see his finisher and be like, can this be part of a hundred proof? Now look, I know I'm spending a lot of time on Clark Connors and not mentioning anything about Kevin Knight. And that's only because like I know Clark like watching his matches, talking with him. And by the way, I did interview Clark Connors as well when he was the wild rhino again, go search on uh, Spotify uh, square circle podcast or um, a chit chat interview series. And you guys could go watch it there in video form. Uh, so let me just switch over to Kevin Knight. Uh, Kevin Knight is a fantastic uh, wrestler. He has the look as well. Uh, the package, like he's very fast and everything. Sometimes I think it's a little too fast because, uh, you know, when he does certain things, I'm just like, man, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> like, <laughs> relax. Uh, he has springs for days in his legs, man. But he is an actual treat to, like, watch on New Japan and just see him grow and see what he can do. Uh, he is learning Japanese from Kushida because that's his tag team partner. Again, they hold the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. And it's very, very fun to just see him grow and do these promos. And I think that on his Twitter timeline, he does like mini food videos of what he eats in Japan. So those are always good to watch. Um, 
he has that cockiness about him, but it's not like overly arrogant just yet because you guys know wrestlers get arrogant at one point or another in their career. Like, you know, um, but Kevin does a very good job of presenting who he is and him being confident in the Kevin Knight name, which is very good. Not everyone tends to do that, especially if they give, if they give a wrestler like a character to play. Sometimes it takes a little bit uh, to get used to that character because it's like, you know, it's not you per se. You have to play something else, but you know, I'm, I'm behind uh, Kevin Knight and watching Kevin Knight grow. And I'm also behind Clark as you guys know as well. So in this match, Kevin Knight was like, nah, I know about Bullet Club. I know about Clark. Like, I'm not going to stand around and let him, like, dictate the match. So Kevin Knight came out fast from, like, 0 to 100. Uh, Clark did not know what hit him, but eventually Clark managed to uh, turn the tables and um, basically uh, get the advantage over Kevin. And uh, Bullet Club, I am happy that Bullet Club is going back to Bullet Club Tactics. If you guys don't know what Bullet Club Tactics tactics is, I basically made that word up or phrase up back in 2019 when I was covering um, Bullet Club when Jay White was still there and Tama was still there and Loa was still there. And basically what Bullet Club Tactics mean when I say it is that they use the outside to their advantage. They know that, uh, you know, they could get you in the ring. However, if you want to, they will want you to follow their lead in the match. So they will, you know, use the outside to their advantage, throw you into the ring post. If there's a guardrail, use it to their advantage. And this came about because whenever Jay White would say, you know, you breathe with a switchblade, what did Jay White always do in New Japan Pro Wrestling? Make sure that the wrestler follows into the outside like a little puppy. Even though I don't want to use that, you know, uh, analogy, but stay with me. You know, you'll follow him out there, and when he uh, basically throws your back against either the ring apron or the guardrail, like you're breathing with him because the more air that is expelled from your lungs, the harder it is you're going to breathe, and you're going to be matching his match speed. And he's going to be taking advantage of that. And eventually you're going to tap out or you're going to let him get the the victory via pin. So I came up with Bullet Club Tactics because of Jay White, because of the whole breathe with the switchblade. And now it's coming back with Clark Connors because he was using the outside to his advantage against Kevin Knight. And it just brings it to more story because, you know, Clark is a heel. Clark does, you know, Bullet Club Tactics and definitely don't want the crowd's uh, appreciation or claps or anything like that. So why not hurt the most baby-faced person there is, Kevin Knight, on the outside? Um, okay. So, however, that that is, you know, not to say that Kevin did not get any good hits in on Clark Connors. There was a beautiful power slam um, on Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. Uh, that Clark Connors did when uh, Kevin jumped off the uh, the top rope and Clark uh, caught him. Um, And, of course, you know, Gato's out there. Gato has, like, a mini distraction. Like, when is Gato not distracting people, right? Uh, Clark does his spear and then does this front face suplex, which, again, if Clark, if you hear this, if I mess up, like, what your finisher is, like, just let me know uh, so that way I can appropriately 
uh, tell fans what it is. Um, because all I remember seeing that it was a front face suplex. Um, and then that's how, um, you know, Clark ends up getting the pin. Because after that goes the pin, one, two, three. Um, and Clark Connors gets his first two points of best of the Super Juniors. And then, like I had mentioned before, that Clark had taken uh, the steel chair that was uh, given to him by Gato. And uh, Clark was, uh, you know, just hitting Kevin over the back with it to weaken Kevin. Uh, because if you are injured during this uh, tournament, uh, it can be one of two things. You'll be weaker for your next opponent the next day, or if you are seriously injured, you could get taken out of the tournament, and then there goes your chance at becoming the winner for the best of Super Juniors 30. Uh, with all of that being said, that was the whole entire review of the opening night for Best of Super Juniors 30 at Hurricane Hall for May 12, 2023. Wow. Whew. That was really good. Thank you. That was really good. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Like, really good. So don't, you know, feel like you did anything off there. That was good. And that's good this is recorded. Because somebody's going to hear this. And that was... That was pretty good. I just wanted to let you know that. Yeah, I, I appreciate and that. And that I'm listening still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Like, I don't think people know the way that I podcast, you know, because uh, the last thing that I want is for people to group me in with the other podcasters that, like, will just say, oh, this is crap, that's crap. Uh, you know, let's not do this anymore or why we're doing this. Like, no one, like, gives any other perspectives or be like, all right, that wasn't good, so let's, like, try to fix it. You know, you know, maybe we could try to do it this way next time, you know? Uh, I just want people to understand, like, that is the type of podcaster that I am to always try to give uh, info and, like, elevate people and, yeah. And that's the best you can do. Yeah, um, I feel like that's the point of that's I well, it, I mean, not everybody, but I feel like that's the point of doing these podcasts and stuff is to elevate people, yep, and to bring people together. So, yeah. man, but I'll tell you that, um, watching Best of Super Junior, it was, it was fun, it was fun to just watch like all the matches. Um, and there was like no other like matches, uh, in the previous years, uh, because uh. It was like spread out over like two months. You know, you'll get you'll get the other guys um, in and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, uh, best of the super juniors. Uh, also, guys, um, you know, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling does not pay me for any of this stuff. Like, I just love talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. I love talking about the guys and making sure that they have a spotlight. Uh, here on the Square Circle Podcast or on the Square Circle Society, the wrestling newsletter that you guys should be a part of, um, and anywhere else that like I talk so much about New Japan. And no, I don't get a commission if I tell you guys uh, to sign up at New Japan World. Um, it's $7. Uh, 
uh, U.S. with like an exchange rate of like a couple cents, it's not that bad. But I understand people have like different budgets. I understand that like money is tight. I totally understand that. Then I understand the other crowd too that you know it might not be your thing. But I would just like to say that like the more uh, the more that we support New Japan. The more that you know, we'll get like some maybe some cooler stuff. It's gonna take a while. It's not gonna be like overnight, but we we might end up getting some like cooler things uh, here in the states. You know, um, you know more events. Like who knows? The more that you support, the more that they'll say that you know um, they'll they'll look at the numbers and be like, oh, uh, people are very very interested. Also, I do know like you know if you guys post like videos and like gifts they take it down and stuff that's just because new japan not 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 new japan but like um their 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 distributor which i'm gonna mess up their name so like you guys already know like their copyright laws are so weird like i've been trying to like learn their copyright laws so i could understand it a little bit better um because i understand like the copyright laws here in united states and i also took um you know uh college courses on like copyright because I have a publishing certificate so like you know why not right I'd rather know this information but you know I understand that like we can't post any of the uh, videos or whatnot because it gets taken down and like DMCA and all that kind of shit um, but um, to say that I was just gonna wrap it up with uh, with the whole New Japan stuff is to get um, the subscription to help out um, because they do offer like a lot of good um, matches and like you could go back and like see the history of New Japan and like your favorite wrestlers and see where they came they came from before like joining WWE. So like if you wanted to um, see where like Nakamura came from, you could watch his stuff, AJ Styles, you could watch his stuff. Like you know, it's just a good, a very good library of like really good, Japanese wrestling, American wrestling, like it has a lot to offer. You can even watch Impact on New Japan World. You can watch Impact. Uh, it'll be certain matches that include like, you know, people who are signed to New Japan, but you're still watching Impact. You're still um, supporting all the other wrestling stuff. Unfortunately, because you do not live in Japan, you won't be able to see the AEW Dynamite episodes which are up on new japan world but yeah new japan world is like seven dollars us with like an exchange rate um i really do highly recommend people to go out and get a subscription at newjapanworld.com again i'm not affiliated or endorsed by new japan i just freaking love new japan with all of my heart um even if like you know uh i don't always get my fantasy booking ways uh, but I'm along for the ride, and I met some really cool people, um, wrestlers and fans, through New Japan. So, you know, just go get a subscription. And with that, do you want to, uh, King Reezy, do you want to uh, give your final thoughts? Because this whole thing was just about uh, New Japan. I would, we, uh, Can it be anything New Japan or just uh, Super Juniors or what, what we... Because I feel like Okay, I get to this. Okay. There's a lot going on with New Japan. One thing that I find interesting is that Jay White is still repping Bullet Club. Oh, okay. I guess I, you know, I have no new information. Like, I don't understand. I don't neither because, because I remember, 
because it was weird because Juice and um Finley broke up. Yeah. They broke up. They turned on each other. I think Finley turned on Juice. No, Juice turned on Finley. Yeah, it was, yeah, no, it was actually, Juice. Actually, they had they, they actually hugged it out and that was it. No one turned on no one turned on anyone. Oh, why was I think it's one of them turned on another? Well, because it, it, it would seem only right. But they, they had a they, they hugged it out. Um at the last like uh at New Japan Philadelphia collision uh right. some time ago. Um and they had this like huge ass like hardcore match. Um and then after that, like uh they just hugged because the story was that Juice was done, and then all of a sudden, like he joined Bullet Club. I was like, What the fuck is this? Yeah, and you know, I remember Juice joining Bullet Club. He looked great with Bullet Club. Yeah. But then Finley disappeared for a bit, and then Finley came and joined Bullet Club. But my question is, if they were both going to join, I just I know this probably wasn't in the plans, but if they would have known they were both, if New Japan knew they were going to book them both to join Bullet Club, what was the point? You know what I mean? They probably wouldn't have broke them up. Dude, like I, I understand the question. Like I even asked myself the same thing. Like I don't even know. Um, because I love them as a tag team. Yeah. Um. I, I really, I really did too. They were really, you know, great. Um, <laughs> and then when, uh, when Philly went out on his own to, uh, prove to the fans that he could hold his own against like Osprey and like other people, I was like, this is great. Um. So again, if anyone hears this, send this to David Finley and be like, bro. Um. We need answers because I have a lot of questions, um, and I would love to get him on the podcast one day uh, to talk about all that because I am confused because he really did say that in order for people to use the logo, they have to go through him. They have he has to approve it, and then we had like Bullet Club Gold in AEW, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell is happening. You know, um, I really don't, man. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but you know, you know, Jay White's still out repping Bullet Club. Him and Juice, I mean, Juice has been hanging with him. Yeah. Um, I think um uh, somebody told me. I think I heard they were calling themselves Bullet Club Gold. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, but Chris Bay and Ace. For a minute, I was trying to figure out <coughs> what's going to happen with them. Because they weren't around Bullet Club or mentioned for at least a few months since that happened. But then on Pro Wrestling, was it Revolver not too long ago? Yep. They showed up with um, Finley. Yeah. I'm so confused. Yeah, I'm confused too. So I'm like, okay, so they're just going to rock with Finley's side. Which which makes sense because I don't see the... Impact and AEW thing happening any time soon or yeah. anymore, sadly. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. good. But they're but but they're both benefiting though from not yeah. working with each other. I felt like it hurt them more when they work with each other. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> um, they- really are benefiting together like I originally thought that um you know I think I think almost everybody thought that um once uh JY showed up um in, in AEW that eventually we would have gotten like 
you know, uh, Chris Bay and Ace Austin to go over there. But now that you mentioned that uh, you don't think that uh, AEW and Impact thing is still going to be like happening like really, really well, I could, I could see that. Um, yeah. But then also, because it didn't work out before. Yeah. You know, it, 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 and it's sad it didn't work out. But I, I just, I don't see it happening again. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could agree with you with that as well. Um, I was also going to add, too, that, like, you know, but then to see the pictures of Chris Bay and Ace Austin showing up with uh, Finley, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. all, three of them, all three of them look very fucking powerful, that you're like, oh, shit, you don't want to fuck with them. Uh, and I think that maybe um, if they just stay with Finley and, like, Japan Bullet Club, it'll be a lot more better because it feels like... Finley is in it for, like, I don't want to say the younger talent, but the talent that doesn't get, like, enough spotlight, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it works with Chris Bay and Ace Austin being with Finley. I just wish that we got more of them on, like, uh, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, they're doing wonderful, by the way, for people listening out there. They're doing wonderful. I love them. I will, like, give them a spotlight 24-7. But I just need a little bit more exposure, a lot more people talking about them, and, you know, just getting that buzz going for them because they do amazing stuff. They do amazing stories. They're amazing athletes, you know? <coughs> yeah. They definitely uh, are. I mean, they remind. Listen, I they're they're like the book to me. I think they're like the Bucks in their prime. Oh, interesting. Because I mean, Chris Bay and Ace at first, I could not see them two together. So they were first tagged. I um, was like, you know, I was like, eh, why would they do that? But uh-huh. then after seeing them perform together and shoot promos, I said, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it after that. <coughs> There's <coughs> great <coughs> matches and everything. Um, yeah. Big Chris Bay in that. I've, um, I've met Chris Bay one time. Uh-huh. Yeah, but other than that, that's it. That's it. Yeah, okay. well, hopefully uh, in the upcoming months or maybe weeks, we'll get, like, you know, some more answers uh, just because of, like, this whole thing just needs to be, like, buzzworthy uh, and, like, other stuff in wrestling for uh mainly drama stuff that has nothing to do with kayfabe just needs to all go away and like the spotlight got to return back to wrestling and kayfabe Uh, (coughs) well it's not i agree you know um but it's not necessarily just a kayfabe thing for me it's just that you know people um believe everything they read and they take personal stuff that has nothing to do with us that is none of our business and they try to take that away from, you know what I mean? Like, the talent from that person. Yes, 100%, you know, man. Like, yeah, I had 100%. somebody get on me and say, how could you like somebody like Matt Riddle? And they guy was like, well, why are you angry that I like Matt Riddle? And when they told me, I said, well, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could already imagine what they told you. Yeah. I probably, if 
Bobby knows. So, I mean, it wasn't just that, but I mean, it's other things, but I agree with you. People, it needs to go back just to the kayfabe thing, but yeah. I guess with social media now, people love to expose everybody's personal life and flip it. Yeah, right? uh, but anyway, um, I'm going to wrap this up because I have to uh, cook dinner um, and watch. Uh, right. um, what you so cooking? Um, I am going to be grilling some chicken breasts and making some white rice. Oh, okay. That's awesome. All right. Well, you have a good one. We'll catch up. All right, man. I appreciate you being here and chatting with me. No problem. All right. Enjoy the rest of your night. All right. All right, guys. I hope you guys can still hear me. Okay. So I guess since I'm the only one in here, I guess you guys can hear me. Uh, This is the end of... The longest recording that I did, it was about Best of the Super Juniors 30, Night 1, Blocks A and B. All the matches, I went over them. I hope you guys get a subscription to uh, New Japan World. Uh, It is worth it. Um, If you guys definitely enjoyed this, uh, make sure to share it, tell a friend. uh, Make sure to sign up to my newsletter, which will have more information, uh, more articles about Best of the Super Junior uh, 30. so it is marieshadows.substack.com. Uh, also, make sure to follow me whenever I go live on kick.com forward slash marieshadows, uh, where it can be a lot more interactive. Uh, if you have not yet heard my podcast and other podcast episodes, Square Circle Podcast on Spotify and or your favorite uh, podcasting platforms that you like listening to your podcast on. Um I am trying to grow my Spotify followers. So if you enjoy Spotify, make sure to hit that follow button on Spotify, Square Circle Podcast. Um, And if you have not already uh, purchased a wrestling planner, please go do so. Amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Marie Shadows. Uh, It will definitely help me out. Uh, It's made for you guys, for wrestling fans all over the world where you can write down your wrestling notes, have a 12-month calendar, uh, be your own star raider, uh, color in the stars and give your own year end awards to whatever the hell you want to give it to. Also, if you guys don't know, uh, May 20th, I am booked for Goddesses of War Wrestling. I will be a commentator alongside Candace Cordelia. I love that girl. She is awesome. We're going to be tag teaming on commentary and we're going to be uh, doing the commentating for Goddesses of War uh, show on May 20th. If you have not gotten the tickets for that show, please head over to titan-championship.com and you can follow the uh, navigation there to go get your tickets. It is a double header, guys. You don't want to miss it. So the first uh, event is the Women's uh, Goddesses Award. The second one is Titan Championship Wrestling. Ultimo Dragon is going to be there. Anthony Gongon is going to be there. It's going to be fun. It's going to be PJ Savage versus um, Homicide. Um, and then also on the Goddesses side, uh, Riley Shepard is also joining me and Candace on commentating commentary. I've been talking for a long time. My brain is sort of fried right now, but just bear with me. Please go get your tickets for May 20th. Uh, it's going to be in New Jersey. Uh, more details are definitely going to be on my uh, Twitter timeline, but Please go check out Goddesses Award, Titan Championship Wrestling. I love these two 
wrestling promotions out in Jersey. You're always going to have a good time. It's family friendly. It's fun. Like, I love being there. Like, you're going to love being there, too, when you get your tickets. And if you're there, I'll definitely give you a high five. Uh, you get to be on my vlog. You, you get to have shout outs and stuff. So it's going to be a very good time. So you see me over there at Goddesses of War and Tennis Championship Wrestling. Don't be afraid to say hi because I love meeting all of my fans. Um, and again, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Square Circle Podcast. This is an exclusive Twitter Spaces. I, uh, I'm, How the fuck do I fuck up my own outro by doing this on Twitter Spaces? Anyway, I'm your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.